0: Uh, afternoon everybody. Uh, Welcome to the Online Hall Politics Lab on March uh, 19 for Ready 2021. Uh, Today we are very happy to welcome Lou Safra, who is uh, an assistant professor at Sciences Po Paris and Lou has published extensively on a broad range of topics using different methodologies to understand uh, our Political preferences, but more broadly speaking, our societal preferences using uh, insights from evolutionary psychology, cognitive sciences, uh, using a variety of methods, uh, publishing in very interesting journals, such as Nature, Human Nature Communications, and Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. And today, Lou will talk about the way populists look. Uh, Well, you know, that is not unrelevant given the events in the Netherlands uh, this week, where uh, the populist uh, right have uh, at least sort of had a had a pretty good streak uh, equating their two fast and two results. So, um, Lou, uh, I'm not sure if you're going to talk with us about the Dutch elections, but uh, um, um, we look forward to your talk. Gijs will do the QA. For those of you who are not so familiar with our procedures, Lou will present first. And then uh, there's the opportunity to ask questions. You do this by typing your question in the QA box. and Gijs will read it out and Lou will answer. Okay, Lou, the floor is yours. <laughs>
1: Okay, thank you very much. I'm going to share my screen now. And normally, you should see it. Oh, yes. Do you see it? okay great okay so well thank you again for inviting me i'm very happy to present this project Uh, so i have to say that it is an ongoing project so i'm really i would be really happy to have your feedback on this and on like future directions we can investigate so really do not hesitate if you if you find um well if you have ideas of how we can uh, conduct uh, this project further we're very i would be very happy to hear so um, today I'm going to talk about the uh, link between parties, populisms and uh, MPs looks and uh, about what it can tell us about the political communication. And so i oh, sorry. So the um, this work comes from, well, it's anchored in a larger literature and it's like it's been from 15 years of research that we see that there is a link between candidates' faces, voting preference, and even election outcomes. Uh, this is a um, seminal paper by Alexander Todorov on the on the topic. So that just by presenting the faces of uh, uh, candidate... Lou,
0: Lou? Sorry, yeah. we just see your start screen. Just...
1: I, I was sure it's going to work, not work the way I wanted. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do it li- this way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Okay, I'm going to do it this way, I'm sorry, it's not very good looking, but at least you can see it. <laughs> yes.
2: um,
1: so um, So yeah, so this is uh, the paper by uh, Alexander Todorov showing that just by presenting the faces of candidates to um, elections, uh, US elections, you can predict the actual election outcomes with quite a good accuracy and this has led to a large uh, literature on the link between um, faces and and leader preferences and election outcomes, both showing that actually you can predict to some extent the results of elections uh, just using the uh, looks of the candidates. And on the other end, that um, Individual have some preferences uh, for different types of looks, depending on the context they live in, uh, such as wartime context versus peacetime context, but also uh, depending on their political affiliation. With um, well, voters like Republican voters preferring not the same type of uh, faces in their candidate than Democrat voters. So there is this large, large literature on uh, the politician faces. And um, this is actually rational for looking further at, at this question. And notably, when we wonder about the effect of politician faces, we can wonder about which face we're talking about. Because actually, the same candidate and same politician can present himself in a variety of ways. And this is as any of us. But actually, um, there are different times, notably in this political life, but also compared to the election, uh, the ongoing election, in which he can communicate or she can communicate using uh, visuals. So here, for instance, is an example of Donald Trump. Uh, The first image is a uh, print ad. The second one is a uh, internet ad. And the third one is uh, the first official uh, picture of uh, President Trump, uh, former President Trump. <laughs> and so uh, you can see that actually we have a range of different uh, faces, different poses, uh, different emotions that actually carry a different different message with more aggressive um, in the first picture, like more satisfied, dominant, and here more serious. So we can wonder which type of information is carried by these different type of portraits and different moments. And actually uh, the question of political ads has been already well studied in um, the political and science literature and political psychology literature. However, the question of the official portraits uh, seems to have uh, received a little bit less attention while actually political portraits seems uh, also a very interesting uh, kind of political communication. Actually, uh, they are not as transparent as pre-election ads or electoral ads, because um, here we talk about an elected politician, so is no longer in kind of campaigning, but and we don't know actually to this person is addressing, whether it's a general population or the supporters uh, who voted for it. So it's not that clear what is uh, expressed in this um, in this official portrait. And actually, if we look at uh, Donald Trump, there, is, there has been a change in uh, his uh, official political portrait, presidential portrait uh, in this man- in this mandate, showing that actually it's, it's kind of an exercise. And why it is nice is that it is A um, standardized exercise. And here's the example for a German um, MP's official portrait. So we have something that is quite standardized. We have always, uh, well, portraits. It's, well, there's no like fancy uh, like poses, but quite stereotyped in a way. But still, there are some variations. And here you can see a variety of emotions notably in this portrait. So actually from a um, psychology perspective and like a quantitative psychology perspective, these are very interesting materials because we have something that has some variation but is also very well controlled. So that looks pretty interesting to to look at. Further, it is interesting in the political perspective too because it seems that these um, official portraits uh, from deputies and MPs Carry some political information. And this has notably been shown with this uh, also very well known paper by Antonakis and Dalga showing that um, kids uh, of uh, seven years old can predict just based on the faces of the MPs the uh, election outcomes in France. And actually, the faces were these official portraits. So it's, well, it was not a uh, campaign ads and so on, it was this official portrait with indicate that there is some political content in them. And that can be interesting to look at. Uh, this is another example. It was something that was famous uh, in France. Uh, I think some other countries have it also. But It's a, consistent, it's a game consisting in presenting the official picture of uh, the MP and asking the uh, participant to guess whether it is uh, from the right or from the left. And what it shows is that actually individuals are quite good and better than, than chance for identifying this. So it's suggests that well, there is some point, some information, although this kind of thing is uh, biased because, well, we have an imbalance in terms of gender, age, and so on. But since that there is maybe something to to look at and to investigate in terms of political communication. So we have this question when uh, facing this uh, official portrait. is what is the information carried by this portrait? Do this uh, portrait carry some uh, political values? So is there a look, a specific way of posing that is associated for the um, electors or for the citizen as uh, advertising some kind of social values or some kind of uh, economic values, or is it some kind of commitment to a political strategy? So I've been elected for uh, because I am like anti-system, and I want to display that I will be anti-system during my mandate. This is another thing that uh, can be displayed in this portrait. And finally, it is also possible that um, these portraits are used to display empty Im- Im- self as good representatives. So like showing that they are close to. Um, the kind of general social values of uh, their electors. So not necessarily political ones, but more generally social ones. And this was uh, actually, these are my question. research question. And I focused on populism. Uh, why? Because populism is a, a multi-dimensional uh, phenomenon, but also can take different forms. We, and actually there are a lot of papers touching that well populism is uh, often ill-defined and so on, but there are still kind of definition precise definition to them that has been proposed. And we have several approaches we have some kind of ideological approach that is a more um well the core uh, the core of populism, which is uh, people-centrism, uh, anti-elitism, and machiavellism in terms of when presenting uh, political forces. And we have also other aspects that are associated with populism, such as party organization with higher degree of personalization, lower degree of internal democracy within the party. Um, we have also question of political style, call to emotions and violence. And uh, finally, ideological profile. Although uh, populism can be from right and left, there seems to be some um, content uh, that are common to uh, the different populist parties, as nativism and immigration and control of the economy. So my question was to look at whether we can see uh, differences in the MPs' elected portrait uh, and official portraits. depending on this on this uh, dimensions of populism populism was also chosen here because it's uh, it, there is a part of populism that is a populist rhetoric so it seems to be particularly interesting in terms of communication um and like how these different uh well parties that are characterized by a high, de- high degree of populism communicate uh both before the election but also after the election so my databases um, I focus on three European countries. Uh, unfortunately, there is not the Netherlands, but uh, as I said, it's like ongoing work, and so uh, I aim to um, include more countries uh, in the future. So. We have Germany, Hungary, and France. Each time, it's national assembly, country assembly. Um, the uh, specificity is that for France, we have an um, extended uh, period of time. This is thanks to a collaboration with the French uh, National uh, Assembly National Assembly. So we have data from 1997. So that allows us to have both a cross-sectional comparison and a longitudinal comparison, so it can be uh, informative. Um, and concerning the, uh, party data, I use the, uh, V party that sets, uh, that come from the variety of democracy. So here again, uh, my goal is also to, in the future, extend to, uh, other measures of, uh, populism and of even of the same characteristics, uh, but from different data sets in order to, uh, increase the validity of the results. So this is why it is, uh, also still ongoing. So, uh, my measure of interest is uh, the level of smile, the DPTs, why, because uh, smiling is, uh, well, signaling a affiliative intent, Uh, although there are different types of smile, in general, smiling is associated with um, this uh, affiliative uh, intention. It is, happiness is actually associated with being perceived as more sociable, more uh, responsible, more trustworthy and so on, which are characteristics that uh, can be interesting to advertise, at least for some politician. and so uh, just a quick point. So what I did uh, and what I will present to you is a result based on an automatic detection of smiling from the uh, MTS pictures, because we have, uh, well, an extended uh, number of faces. So here again, my goal is to replicate uh, this finding using participant ratings on uh, happiness uh, perception. So here, um, once again, it's... Um, Ongoing work, but uh, I think that there are some interesting findings uh, there. So, the first question was to add well, to tell this link between populism and uh, smiling uh, in an additional approach. So, looking at two uh, specific variables that have been aggregated people glorification. So, we have a scale going from the party leadership never glorifies and identify with the ordinary people and to the party leadership always glorifies and identifies with the ordinary people which they claim to represent. So we have two, well, they scale on populism here and also anti-elitism which goes from the leadership of the party never makes statement against the elite or the leadership of the party makes statement against the elite whenever possible. So here again, we have a scale. So these two measures have been aggregated into a single populism um, populism variable. So here is the results that we have when we um, have data from Germany, France, Hungary, all uh, for, for the last election, so 2017 and 2018. Um, each time we control for age and gender as we are at the year of the election. And it's a random effect, it's a random, <coughs> sorry, it's a mixed effect model with. <coughs> country as a random effect. So you do not see it here, but it's controlled for country too. What you can see is that we have a negative association between the level of populism and the intensity of smiling on the pictures that goes in a way that we could expect uh, with a more populist, parties um, expressing less affiliative uh, emotions, we're not smiling less. Um, so this effect is highly significant and actually it replicates when we focus on France and consider the five um, last elections, so we have the same significant effect. So here um, in the model I dissociated the um, historical French data from the uh, contemporary data from Hungary and Germany in order not to give too much weight to uh, French data sets. Well, here we see where it's replicate. So it indicates that indeed there seems to be a link between the party's populism uh, and the uh, MPs look on their official portraits. And that calls to go a little bit further and look at whether, well actually it is due to certain uh, values that are publicized or specific political strategy or link with uh, well political style. So this was what was what, what I investigated then. So uh, in terms of party organization, I had two data, well, two variables, personalization and uh, internet democracy and none of them actually um, are significantly associated with uh, smiling of the portraits uh, when we consider the cross-sectional data. And actually we have, well, opposite result for personalization and internet democracy. So suggesting that actually part party organization, when we consider only friends, suggesting that actually a party organization do not seem to be uh, the driver of these differences we see uh, along this populism axis uh, for smiling, So we'll turn to political style. So here we have political violence and personal attacks to opponents and what we see is that we have a a significant positive effect uh, of populism reverse coded so so well going in the way we we could expect so the political style of populism seems to be um, associated with uh, more smiling when we compare in the three countries. However, when we uh, consider only France So we can also discuss uh, this comparison because we not necessarily have the same degree of populism in the different countries. But when we focus on the in France, we have a different different results. And we do not find, again, this association between political style and uh, smiling, suggesting that, well, it may not be the the driver, although it may play a role. And uh, finally, the ideological profile so here we have some variables that are uh, significant, uh, but not others. So the uh, economy regulation is uh, no has no significant effect. But what we consider when we consider minority rights and cultural superiority, uh, parties that are less populist uh, seems to smile more. So that confirmed the association we had before. So here again, the ideological profile seems to play a role when we compare uh, in countries in the cross sectional approach, however, we do not find um, and replicate this association in time so. The fact that we do not necessarily replicate this association in times may uh, mean different things, the first one that this association may uh, well only appear recently or. Well, actually, it is due to the specific uh, parties that are populi- more populist today. But actually, when we consider populism as a larger and a longer um, a phenomenon, we uh, saw that it changed. And so we do not uh, have this association uh, when we consider longer period of times. So we see the interest of also having these two approach, cross-sectional and longitudinal, so as a conclusion. We have, uh, where well, we show a link between populism, uh, the level of party's population, and uh, differences in LP self-presentation in the official portrait. So this is interesting because, well, smiling is uh, somehow a decision. So uh, we have something that may also be strategic, although we do not make any statement on this point here, but that would uh, call for further investigation. MPs uh, from more populist parties seems to smile less on average on their official portrait. So this is the result we have. And it seems rather associated with some kind of interesting components of populist parties than with specific ideology strategy or party organization due to this um, liability when we look at longitudinal data uh, versus cross-sectional data on these different aspects of populism. So, well, what uh, seems to be the case and to be stable is uh, that it seems to be a, an association between the degree of social trust of the supporters uh, of the party and of the target population of the party uh, and the MP smiling and it seems that this degree of social trust so at least in France um, is the best predictor of MP smiling that would suggest that actually in this official portrait we have an, uh, an example of um, politicians trying to match the uh, social preferences of uh, their, um, of their electors, and not necessarily advertising specific political uh, values ideologies, or um, well, agenda. So uh, thank you very much for your attention. And I would like to thank also the three collaborators on this project Roma Malaysia, you and Nicolas Boma, and I will be very happy to take your questions.
2: <laughs> Thanks a lot Lou. Uh, great uh, presentation and I, I, I must say I love this uh, picture you have here uh, in the end. That's, uh, that's really nice. Hey uh, okay so uh, I see a couple of new uh, names today. Uh, very nice to see uh, all of you at uh, 20 people today. Um, you can type your questions into the Q&A box mm-hmm. and uh, Lou you can you can see the questions but but I will uh, read them aloud because um, uh, the participants can't see. Um, there's already a first question, that's great, from uh, Haley Kelso. Um, thanks for this very interesting presentation. Boo. I may have missed it, apologies if so, but how did you measure the degree of smiling? That's a good question because I had the same question, actually.
1: Yeah, so, uh, yeah, sorry, I I was a little bit fast on this, but we use a, um, well, an algorithm that detects actually the uh, facial action units uh, in the the pictures. And so I take the uh, zygomaticus activation. So we have a continuous measure of the zygomaticus activation. That uh, indicates the of smiling, so um for me it gives a first uh, idea of um how much smiling people uh well, how much they are smiling. One interest of uh, having this algorithm uh, instead of having real couriers uh for uh, action units is that this algorithm is very sensitive actually to pose and like even if the, the face is tilt or not, so uh, actually it may be biased as um like general viewers are, but we, we, I aim to replicate this uh, with real participant um, evaluations.
2: <clears throat> and uh, did you use something like open face for this or is this a self-designed algorithm?
1: No, it's open face.
2: Yeah, okay, Okay. thanks.
1: But it's not face reader. <laughs> no, no, like...
2: yeah, no, I, I yeah, <laughs> we, we can talk about this later. Um, okay, Christian people, you had a question too. Yeah, uh, thanks a lot for the presentation, super interesting. Um, I was wondering, you showed the results for, for populism and the, it, its effect on smiling. And I was wondering, to what extent can you separate populism here from ideology? Because as, if I understood it correctly, you didn't control the ideology of the politician. And I assume that most of the populists in, that, in those three countries are on the, at least very conservative or far right spectrum.
1: So, um, so thank you for your question. So I uh, didn't run the model controlling for ideology yet for the three countries. However, in France, in which we have these two um, tails, uh, so far right and far left that are uh, defined as, as a populist uh, or kind of high on populist scale, uh, when we control for ideology, actually, we have no um, we have no effect. And um, this was one thing that I was interesting in is whether um this smiling versus not smiling or this presentation um self-presentation reflects ideologies or whether it reflects something else um in terms of political communication and it seemed that it reflects something else and uh, that's what we have for french data but i have to replicate it for um cross-sectional data indeed
2: Sorry, when you said you controlled for that, you didn't find an effect. You mean you didn't find an effect for populism or you didn't find an effect for ideology? Then,
1: and no effect for ideology, oh. and it has an effect for of populism.
2: Right. Sorry, all right? Yeah, thanks, very clear. Um. Uh, next question, uh, from Micah Homan, uh, thanks for your presentation. I was wondering, I see in almost all your results, you find a significant gender effect. Can you explain this?
1: so uh I would uh provide two answers, although they are quite speculative but um first, we know that uh well represent well politician representation uh when it's uh women or men may not have the same code, so that may explain differences, and this is why I included uh it in the model. Also, the other uh, thing is that as we use an automatic algorithm, the algorithm may be biased in some ways for, like, detecting better smiling and really knowing men. And so, this is also why I um, I control for that.
2: Okay, thanks. Um, I have a question, um, actually, based on what I'm currently looking at is um the your results are about smiling um but um, it's it's i guess it's obvious to also think about uh, angry expressions you can i see a lot of red dots here with the angry expressions is this something you looked at as well
1: so yeah so i, I looked at the um corrugator uh, activation for anger and here I do not have so I was quite surprised but uh, actually i do not have any results and Uh, It is, I think, due to the fact that we lack uh, variability because like almost none of them are like really actively angry on their pictures. So they may like just not be smiling, but not actively angry. But I think maybe we should take it as a continuum between anger and happiness that is more related to like a really affiliative intent.
2: What do you think is the role of facial characteristics in identifying these emotions?
1: This is a uh, so. This is a good question, and this is why I want to uh, I want to replicate on the uh, with real participant ratings. I um, I am still quite confident that uh, the uh, the algorithm is able to extract uh, action units. Um, the other thing that um, I am uh, well. Why I'm confident about about this is also because we know that by changing the the pose, for instance, or like uh, we do not need makeups or even lighting, but just by tilting the face in a certain way, we can really uh, shape the way we are perceived. And so um, I guess that uh, we are uh, well, we have some some something that is well measuring active uh, well accurately smiling. Although here what is interesting and um, why we cannot use participant uh, ratings uh, like just with all these pictures because it will be very costly so we have to find randomization to just present a sp- sample of the faces and so on to participants, but the fact that we have so many faces allows to uh, well make statements about like, in general, we have like large trends associated with parties populism, but we cannot say like one specific individual on this specific picture wants to appear as as smiling, but we see a general trend with populism um, associated with smiling. So that's why I think that although uh, specific facial features may play a role even in this um, algorithm uh, detection, I get that actually, um, well, the, as we may claim about like general samples of empty uh, pictures um, and not on specific individual intention on specific pictures, I think it's a, uh, it's not necessarily a problem.
0: <clears throat> okay, thanks. Bert Yes, thanks uh, Lou, uh, for this really interesting presentation and I, I have a question, so you conclude by saying that, that populists might be uh, smiling less because it's sort of a signal to their, to their target audience, right? And I think this is a really interesting um, theoretical argument that, that, that does make sense in, in sort of that, that yeah, there might be some resonance between what politicians like to say and do and the makeup of their, uh, of their, uh, of their electorate. Um, and not only in terms of policy positions and you know that 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 people who are anti-immigration vote for an anti-immigration politician, but there there are other links from more at the psychological level. That said, I wonder, could you speculate a little bit about what this means for the decision to focus on uh, images from the Parliament in a sense that that uh, I'm not sure about Hungary. Actually, nor France or Germany, but I uh, how I see this in the Netherlands at least. Well, that are pictures that are sort of on the the, the website of the parliament. So, what right? So, that you know, is that so? Are these pictures also used on their Twitter bio or their other or their Instagram and TikTok? And if so, if not, would the logical extension of the project not be to go in that direction? But I could see the difficulty because immediately people are less standardized than than uh, in the um, in the, uh, the in the in in the parliamentary images. So, so could you say a little bit about how your theoretical argument matches with the decision to focus on the parliamentary images?
1: Um, so, my argument would be that actually we have and well, so this is something that is uh, not necessarily uh, like not necessarily a lot of people look at this <laughs> website i completely agree um however this is an exercise that they have to do when they uh, when they are elected and that they there is this uh, official uh, in france and in hungary at least um official uh, picture section sessions in which they come and pose and so on so so it's still an exercise of uh, political communication and of official political communication, which is quite different from what we have on Twitter or Facebook, because they can change the image and so on. Here they cannot, they have one picture per uh, mandate and that's it. So this is something interesting because this is somehow how they want to appear like historically, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to that, like knowing that it's not necessarily uh, very looked at. But um, for instance, in France, we uh, collaborate with the National Assembly, and and we have um, actually this kind of uh, portraits since ni- uh, the well, beginning of the twentieth uh, century. So these are things that are kept, and um, and this is why I was interesting be- interested in this because um, this is a kind of official portrait they have to do. Uh, if we focus on the um, president's official portraits, this, we have like a much smaller um, data set, unfortunately. Um, While well, here we have a lot of people from variety of parties, and um, this is why I was interested in, in this. But of course, I agree. That would be super interesting to compare first this with the official image on the um, uh, political ads before the election to see if there is a switch in the way they present themselves and also to compare it with um, well more uh, well real day-to-day communication via social medias and even like a video like, like tv shows and so on but I would say that there is still this interesting material that there is this kind of historical like fixed picture for one man that shows something
0: yeah, it's actually, uh, it's actually funny. I saw the, on the Dutch news uh, uh, th- th- yesterday that the new members in parliament, also the moment they had to get into the parliamentary building, they, they had to show identification. But then the first thing, they had to take their official picture taken uh, uh, in order to get that on their ID cards and enter. So w- w- just a question out of curiosity, uh, would the reverse also be true? That so if we ask, citizens to uh, make an image of themselves would you expect then that they also signal so smile less if they're populist have more preferences for populists as a way of signaling less social trust or is it a is it unique to the elite
1: um, my uh, my idea that it is not unique to the elite, and actually the elite want to match uh, the uh, electors' uh, preferences and want to signal that they are alike. But that would be uh, interesting. I I'm not sure that the degree of populism of individuals um, would be uh, well associated with much more or less smiling but I think the degree of general social trust in this kind of exercise may be associated with more or less smiling uh, because more willingness to uh, communicate more um, or less affiliative uh, intentions and cooperative intentions because what I think is interesting with this kind of very official in a way neutral portraits is that they are not um, well specifically addressed to a specific population is like gen, like seems to be like addressed to anyone. so it is also interesting to see how people communicate in this kind of um, very artificial uh, way of communication when we take an evolutionary perspective because we're not supposed to communicate with I don't know who is going to receive my message. So I think it reveals something about like the general um, well yeah, general psychology or like more general uh, dynamics, uh, political d- dynamics.
2: Thanks, uh, Lou. There, there's, a, there's a question from uh, anna Maria Walter. Uh, welcome, uh, Anna-Marie. Good to see you here. Um, but I think you, you've maybe partially answered it already. Uh, she asks, uh, where do the photos come from? Is there a source effect?
1: so the, uh, all the photos come from the official um so official website uh, of the assembly um, of the national assembly so they they are not like taking from wikipedia because like Uh, we like on Wikipedia website like this one we, we can have pictures that are not actually the official portrait so here we're sure that there, this is the official portraits. Um, Concerning the source effect as we have one source per country and we control for country effects, I think that it should not be a problem. But, uh, but indeed if yes, so this is our way of controlling for this and also for having a very high quality image. on,
2: uh, in our data set. Uh, Matthijs Rodijn, uh our expert on populism, couldn't be here uh, today, uh, but uh, I'm uh, pretty sure I know him uh, well enough <laughs> uh, uh, to ask the question he definitely would have asked. Um, well, I, I think it's actually more a, a suggestion. So, I mean, his perspective on populism, is is a so-called ideational perspective. So the definition of populism should really relate to um, the ideas that these parties propagate, the idea the, 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 the common element in these ideas. So I think he would be very enthusiastic about um, the first uh, the first uh, definitions of, of populism you used, in, like the focus on, on, on the anti-establishment rhetoric. Uh, but I think he wouldn't be surprised by the, um, the lack of effects you find regarding par- particularly party organization or personalized leadership because these are elements that are sometimes associated, well, maybe often associated with, with populism but not uniquely associated with populism. So there are also parties that are not populist but I have a very sort of centralist leadership structure and there are parties with a very personalized um, uh, a, a leader, um, uh, but we're not populist. So my advice would be, or the ghost of Matthijs in this, <laughs> in this, uh, in this uh, meeting is that, that, that I think you should focus on the first uh, 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 definitions. I think that that's super interesting. But I indeed would be very much interested in exploring more the ideology effects, both economic left-right and social, cultural left-right. And I would particularly be particularly interested in whether, uh, if you would combine left-wing, po- so like make a, make a dummy variable or something for left-wing populists and right-wing populists, if you would have the same effect. And then with left-right, I, I, I'm I'm trying to emphasize the the, the social-cultural uh, left-right. What would be your intuition about what what you would find?
1: So uh, I, I can I can answer this uh, before talking. I tried but only on the French um, data set and not on the uh, the rest. But um, my intuition was that um, like more um, socially liberal parties will display uh, like more smiling because well, like for me, like this kind of supporting minority rights and uh, openness and so on may have been, may uh, relate to like um, appearing Like happier and more open and so on, Uh, so this was my uh, big assumption, big hypothesis, and this was not true in France. Uh, Actually, we find the opposite. So we have an actually party supporting uh, minority rights uh, are here as uh, I think we have here yes. Party supporting minority rights uh, are uh, less. Uh, smiling. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, this is this is this was completely counterintuitive. And um, actually, by um, uh, investigating this question, uh, and in France, we have this kind of thing, which like the center, right is uh, elected by the uh, wealthiest people, and those who have a higher level of general social trust. I was wondering whether there was relation between these two. And that actually, it was not the well, ideological content, but really something that is linked with the, uh, sport, the like social demographic characteristics uh, and uh, value characteristics of the supporters and of the target population. And this is why I looked at social trust and it seems to work. So yes, yeah, so maybe we have here the case in which there is a distinction between this uh, ideology, uh, well, yes, value, social values. Uh, and what could be advertised as social values through uh, nonverbal communication. And um, what we have here with (laughs) official portraits and uh, willingness to uh, match the the, um, expectation of the target population and supporters. So it seems something to be really, as you said intrinsic to popul- like to the core characteristics of populism and not to like things are, are related to populism but that not specific to populism so this is why i i thought it was interesting too <laughs> yeah. thanks
2: thanks a lot uh bert you have your you have
0: a question yeah, i raised my hand yeah um uh, so ooh, i'm intrigued by this this idea of the sort of the signaling and 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 learning from you a little bit about how you think this signaling works is this sort of a characteristic that is innate and so or that i'm this is as a polit before i was a populist politician i also would be smiling less or is it something that once you you become a politician you learn how to to do and and, and so so are we born to smile more or less or are we strategically doing this or is this in the course of socialization and training within the populist party where we're, where we're picking up cues that we should smile less? Is that So what are your thoughts on this? Uh, so we
2: make a predictive modeling of when somebody wants to become a populist politician based on the activity of your psychomatic Okay. <laughs>
1: I'm not sure we can do this.
0: (laughs) Infant smiling and populist in later life.
1: Uh (laughs) But uh, yes, I'm pretty sure we cannot do this, but actually this is a good question because when we look at like general communication of populist leaders, um, like famous populist leader with Trump or whether it be Bolsonaro, um, we can see that they are actually smiling on a lot of their pictures. They're like like also like Bolsonaro is like cloning and like really smiling and like, hey, um, like very, very happy and very joyful and so on. So this is why I was interesting in this official portraits because this official portrait has like some, something like more official. So it's like something they want to, um, this is another way of communicating, it's like no longer um, like they, day to day communication, but something like a little bit more, let's say historical Even It's not necessarily that much historical, but something like um, official. Um, and so I would say that anyone uh, would smile, uh, like, and it is known like in the uh, uh, economic gain, when someone wants to cooperate, uh, this person tends to smile more. Um, and so when you want to cooperate, you tend to smile more, whether you're a populist or not, uh, this is a way of signaling your cooperative intents. Uh, actually, happiness is associated with perception of cooperative intent. So. So we have this uh, literature and um, And here, what I think is interesting is to combine this literature, uh, which is something that is very general on emotion perception and uh, nonverbal communication, with um, and cooperation with this uh, literature, um, like in politics, and um, with the specific context of politics. And actually, uh, I would not say that, uh, like even the. Most populist, uh, like, well, or the less smiling um, MP on the official portrait will not be smiling when, like, he he or she meets her family. So, this is something that is interesting to see how people can, uh, well, change their way of communicating when they are in this official position. And um, as you say, this is interesting, that would be interesting to compare it with other kind of uh, communication to see whether we have something that is indeed specific to this official portraits or something that is more general. And I would say that we have something that is quite specific still to this uh, official portraits.
0: One suggestion that maybe it makes no sense, but I, is maybe, it's very different when populists are interacting with their actual audience, with their actual voters. That that here they might, in parliament, they might want to sh- signal their their challenger nature. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, so so that 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 might be one. Yeah.
1: So uh, I try to to tell this, but I. I i was not very convinced by my uh, by my measure because i had um a proxy of whether it's a poya party, party so so i thought like maybe like poya parties will tend to like show that they are different or like that mm-hmm. but we have no i i have i've not seen any effect yet but yeah this is a something that i wanted to investigate because in these populist parties we have both um, communicate well like uh, like characteristics, but one of the characteristics is that often they're like outsiders, not, well, no longer in every country now, but, um, but they want to challenge the establishment and so on. So I would like to have this kind of museum and I'm still looking for it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I hope I will be able to answer your questions soon. <laughs>
2: I have a, a question. Um, quite often, the uh, also the literature on e- evolutionary psychology uh, brings up this link between disgust and conservatism. Is that something uh, you could investigate with your data set?
1: Can you say it again? Sorry, I didn't get <coughs> the
2: question. Uh, so quite often, uh, in evolutionary psychology, there is this link uh, between disgust
1: uh-huh.
2: and conservatism. Is that something you would be able to find in your data set too, you think?
1: Mm, So, no, why? Because I think that um, actually uh, they, there is not that many emotions they signal in this official portrait. It's like quite stereotype. So it's like, I think like m- more or less smiling is that the biggest variation we can have. But um, indeed, this is something I, I would like to investigate in the future, the a link between emotion signaling and perception, and not being the in the political context. And whether like um, whether like politicians signaling disgust, uh, and not in this official portrait, but like uh, like, via photo or any kind of media um, tends to be uh, more appreciated by certain um, certain uh, voters, and notably whether uh, disgust is something that is specific to, cons- to conservative voters if it's valued by these voters, or whether um, actually as disgust signal the presence of some kind of pathogen threat in the environment, and therefore has some kind of communica- some kind of cooperative uh, content because it provides information about the environment whether people who often signal disgust are actually perceived as better cooperators and more valued in those who value social trust. So yeah, these are questions I would like to investigate. But unfortunately, these official portraits are nice because they're very standardized, but they are also very stereotyped. So (laughs) I cannot test every question with this. But I think this kind of methodology could be, um, well, it would be interesting to uh, apply it to la- larger data sets and more diverse data sets uh, with Twitter and Facebook pictures um, and also campaign aids and so on. So uh, sorry, and so we, we can investigate very large data sets using this. Although we know that it is not uh, as accurate as human ratings, it gives us a first idea of what's going on.
2: Maybe expand a bit on the last thing you said. Uh, how how the accuracy compares to human writers?
1: Um, so I didn't. Um, so for uh, for the uh, normally for smile detection, it's quite good. Uh, I do not have the uh, the number exactly. So I use the program, uh, the output of the program directly. Um, yeah. but still it's never uh, as accurate as a um, as a uh, human rater. And also I think like for, for when I'm going to replicate with human uh, raters, I will not ask like smiling intensity but like degree of happiness or things like that are more natural uh, because actually we rarely uh, naturally and spontaneously estimate the smiling intensity of people. But <laughs> so yeah.
2: thanks thanks a lot uh good to know uh bert so you
0: have a question yeah that's a quick follow-up on on this because patrick stewart who is a regular attendant of this uh, of this meeting uh uh, and uh, knows much more about this than i do but but he talks about this fax coding scheme and this, this relatively intensive training to be able to recognize if AUX is activated or not. And but I do wonder then if you ask about intensity in general about whether are you valid, validating the smile, uh, algorithm against something that is actually slightly different, or do you think it is conceptually the same? If you ask about smiling intensity versus activity of whatever this action unit exactly is.
1: Um, so, so I would, yeah, I would say that for me, like smiling intensity, uh, approximated here, uh, is a more proxy of of the kind of. Uh, cooperative intent and affiliative intent um uh intentions of the of the individual so that's why for me um i would be for me it would be reassuring uh, to have, to replicate the results with a different measure that is more natural okay. uh, with um so affiliative uh, intentions or anything like this uh, my second point. My second answer is that I know like action units trainings like you know, very, very uh, uh, important intensive training. And I know that m- the algorithm is not as good as a human writer. However, I think that it is not necessarily an issue because um, maybe Well, this is my hypothesis: is that maybe this algorithm is is more biased by the actual pose of the uh, of the person on the picture, a little bit of maybe lighting or like I don't know, like face tilt or anything, and that actually um, that makes the uh, evaluation looking maybe more like uh, like how much this person looks happy, for instance, than like precise muscle activation. And as this is what I'm interested in. Uh, for me, it's not a big issue, but I agree that it's a big limitation still of uh, using this kind of algorithm. However, I'm not sure that an uh, expert coder of Action Unit would accept to code that many pictures. <laughs> but uh, yes, I agree, it's a big limit. Berit,
0: okay, will you run up? Yes, yes, I forgot about the timing a little bit. Uh, okay, so thank you, Lou. This was, uh, this was great. And uh, we look forward to seeing how this, uh, how this project uh, develops. And, uh, you know, um, um, uh, I hope at some point that you'll be able to, uh, to visit us in, uh, in Amsterdam, or we and uh, visit you in Paris uh, as a presenter of uh The lab, Uh, we are promising everybody a hot politics mug. Uh, I don't know if Gijs has it on his desk or not. It's in the dishwasher, and mine is at the university and hasn't seen the day of light for a year now. Uh, But um, we'll uh, send it to you at some point uh, post pandemic. last minute, maybe announce a couple of the speakers for the coming weeks. Uh, next week, Friday is the last Friday of the month. And then our own Zoom master, Christian Pipal will present his uh, ongoing work on uh, emotional rhetoric by politicians and uh, Neil Fashing, uh master student, uh, from, uh from my uh, department is presenting his uh, research on um, the uh, emotional responses to police violence. Then uh, on April 9th, uh, because we skip a week because of the Easter uh, weekend, uh, Diamantis Petropoulos-Petalas will present uh, some of his ongoing work. He's a new postdoc on Gijs' ERC grant. Uh, on April 16th, Teresa Kuhn uh, will present some of her work. She's an associate professor at the political science department. And on April 23rd, Liz Connors from the University of Southern I like to say California, but it's not Southern California. It's uh, Carolina. Carolina, hmm. right. That's a slightly. Uh, hmm. South, University of South Carolina will talk about uh, some of her uh, ongoing work. So uh, I want to thank you uh, all for participating today and look forward to seeing you next week again.